Okay, here we go. Um, if you're going to cry, you have to move back, okay? I will tell you, I've been very emotional at random times for ridiculous things, okay? And for whatever reason, I am feeling good, not emotional today, okay? But if you get emotional, I will pu- punch you in the throat, all right? And you'll have a reason to cry, and it'll be all good, okay? I'm just joking. I'm going to make it through. I feel like if I don't, don't feel sorry for me. Just know, like, this is all good. It's all good. It's part of the journey. It's part of the grieving. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm rolling. I'm going, to, I'm going to crush it. Okay, so I want to explain a few things. First of all, our family's going to be here for the next until June, maybe even later. And so that means you're going to see Laura here and my kids here. Um, and you need to know she won't. I'm going to have that chair painted gold. And so... Um, <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that. But if you wanted to as a joke, just for a little bit, I'll take it with me. No, but my family will be here. They'll be around here because you are their church family, okay? You're their church family, and they need you now. And so I just know that you're going to love that. I want to give you a heads up on that. I'll leave Monday, a week from tomorrow, for my job um, with my jack wagon boss, who um, was a good friend, but he's conned me into doing something I know nothing about, nothing it's like when I started the church, except I even know less. I'm doing construction. Never. Don't know anything about it. Nothing about general contracting. Nothing about building homes. Nothing. I'm not kidding you. Nothing. I have been learning some things, but, um, but he's here today. See so if you want to punch him in the face. He's right there. Charlie Chupp. Charlie actually um, was as much about and helping starting this church as anybody that uh, did. He went over with me to London, and he was kind of the credible witness whenever I called home and talked to my wife about, you know, the crazy things we were experiencing in the Holy Spirit. He's like, yeah, it's really happening. It's just not Antley on crack or anything. Like, these things are really happening. And so I'm excited to be on this uh, new adventure with him. And the other thing that's going to be happening is I'm going to be here. Okay, you're my church family, so I'm going to be over there 10 days, back here 5, 10. So I'll be over here almost every other weekend, and I'll be here worshiping. And I'm going to be a part of this family because you're my family, and that's not going to change ever, 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 except when I get a new family in Colorado. Okay, so, um, <laughs> but we will continue to pray for you. I also want to say this before I start, is that if you're here as a visitor, like, I'm kind of sorry because this isn't normal. For what it might feel like they're worshiping a person instead of Jesus, even though I'm very much like Jesus, as you're going to find out during this talk, just know that for the next two weeks, and Mac, I'm going to be here next week, and so people will be here as well. It's the next week. It's two weeks. We're still going to be having, and when I say we, you're still going to be having church. You're still going to be being a family, worshiping, and all of those great things. And so, yeah, if you're a visitor, what I tell visitors is, hey, give us a chance for four weeks. Four weeks, and you'll get the flavor of who River City Church is. Okay, so, last sermon. You know, I ten- there's tension every weekend where I am like, this, there's this like a cloud that follows me around of burden, and what the heck am I going to say, and Lord, what do you want me to say? And so there's that happening, and it's just part of the job. Every pastor will tell you that. And um, I'm not able to do my talk in the beginning of the week because I often use the stories of what I experienced with you guys in my talk. That's how God speaks to me and leads me. And so it's always like Friday night. I started taking the Sabbath half Friday to half uh, Saturday. 
And then I usually end up closing my talk off on Saturday night. And there's that tension. But the other side of it is, it's, that's where I really experience God the most, the Father the most, is listening to him, him speaking to me. I start with nothing. And out of nothing, he creates. And he has created beautiful things for me to speak and for you to hear over the years. And I love that. I love that. And so it's like this tension that I'm feeling right now. It's like, man, I've loved loved being your pastor. I've loved speaking every Sunday. I've loved shepherding and meeting. And at the same time, so I'm feeling that love. I'm feeling this death and dread and burden of moving to Colorado and working for my jack wagon friend, right? Like, that's not going to be fun. No, but seriously, it is going to be fun, I hope. He told me this week what I'm going to be doing, and I hung up. I'm like, that does not sound fun. That does, that really does not sound fun. And I called him back the next day. I'm like, dude, what gives you life in this job? <laughs> you have to help. I'm, like this, I, I'm doing this. This is actually happening. What gives you life? And he spent an hour and a half just talking about all these opportunities to share the gospel, to love people, to build teams. And, um, and so it is going to be fun. But it doesn't, if you look at all that I have, and I am so blessed, uh, besides my knees, I am so blessed. <laughs> I, um, I have a beautiful family uh, that are healthy. I have a church that I love. I'm in a job that I love. I am in a job that I'm good at. I'm good at this job. And it's easy at times and it's fun. Um, and, and we're choosing, or God's calling us to, to leave three of our family members here. To leave three of our family members here. To leave the state of Florida where we love fishing and we love surfing and we love the beach and we love warm weather and uh, all of those things. And um, we're moving to this place. There's 2,600 people. And it snowed a lot last week there. It snowed. When you were on the beach, it snowed a lot. A lot. And my wife hates the cold. Our biggest fight was we were in France, and it was cold. And she, didn't, she was crying on the way home. It was horrible. It's horrible. She hates the cold, and she's going to be cold a lot there. And um, there's no fast food there. There's no Ubers or Uber Eats there. They barely have internet, you know? I mean, they have Fred Flintstone cars where they're running around and all these things. But, but, Amazon delivers. Amazon Prime delivers there. Yes, they do. Whenever you talk to Laura about this, this, uh, this new oasis, um, she'll tell you, this is the first thing she says, Target's an hour and a half away. The nearest Target is an hour and a half away. Um, and so, like, that doesn't make sense in the world, does it? It doesn't make sense that we'd be moving. It just doesn't. There's, there's so many reasons that we should stay. And so many pastors do. And they stay too long. And um, it doesn't make sense unless God, unless God is in this. And this God has more for us. If God, if God is speaking to us and he is leading to us and he's calling us to trust him, then, then that, is, that is a great reason. That is a great reason to leave because that trumps everything else. Because what, if there's a message that you've heard me speak the most is that there's always more. And if there's the chance, the slight chance, that that more will be found some other place, then we are going to go all in. We are going to risk it all. And that's what we feel like God has called us to do. You know, Jesus says, um, 
Martha said this in the prayer this morning. He says uh, to his disciples, it's better that I go away. It's better that I go away. Really? There's really a better, like that can be good? Jesus would leave the disciples? How can that be? I can't imagine a scenario that that would be a good thing, right? But he then goes on to say, so that, so that my father will send the helper. And the helper will remind you of everything that I've said and he'll be with you and he'll be in you. And God's desire through the Old Testament and all the way through the New was for us to worship him. It was for us to glorify him. And doing so, we would experience greater and greater measures of intimacy and love with him. That is what, and that's what we've been singing about today. That's what Mac was talking about. That's what this talk about, this talk is about, is about the importance of going after God's love, experiencing the Father's love at whatever the cost, all the time, everywhere, and giving anything to do it. And Ezekiel 36, 26 says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put it within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The spirit is going to come and live with us. Jesus was present there. Like, he was with his homies, like, there with them. But when Jesus left, the Holy Spirit, God, the third person of the Trinity, he came and he lived inside of them. Christ in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Like Christ is in us through the power of the Spirit. Why? So that we would worship at a deeper level and we would experience greater measures of his love and understanding his love. And that, that is what, that is, the core, that is my core message. That has been what I've preached on the most, which is insane and it's crazy because I was adopted and I've struggled with orphan kind of spirit stuff and I've struggled with my understanding and experiencing the Father's love. And River City has been, has been the place where that has changed in my life. It's changed in my life. And, and we know that we are called away because of all the things that you have said to us confirming this, all the things that God has said to us confirming this, all the things that the Holy Spirit has done in us as we have contemplated this leave. And, and the filter that it has come down to is not, you know, Antley, should you leave? And I'm not, you know, if you stay, I'm not going to be with you. Or should you go? And if you go, I'm going to be with you. It came down to this experience. And as I was praying, it just kind of, I saw it open. You know, it's the first time as I've asked the Lord, hey, do you want to leverage my life, the last third in vocational ministry and continue to lead the church? Or are you calling me out into the world and to, to minister in the world? And um, he's always very clearly said, you're called to lead the church. I want you to lead the church. And, um, and I have, and I've loved it, and it's been amazing. Um, but this time something happened, and it was different, and it kind of caught Laura and I sideways, so we really started pressing in. And in the end, what the Lord said was, Antley, you can go either place. You can stay, and I'll be with you. You know, you can continue to lead the church, and I'll be with you. Or you can move out of the church into vocational ministry and our non-vocational ministry into the world. And, um, and I'll be with you there. But here's the filter I want you to run your decision through. What will create the opportunity for the most intimacy between us? That is what you, I want you to consider. 
is whatever decision you make, it will need to encourage the greatest opportunity for intimacy with me and you. Give me that. (laughs) Give Give me it. I would have dropped a love bomb on them. Oh, I'll talk to him. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Talk to Lori. <laughs> and and, and that, that's kind of what we heard. And he said that. And, um, you know, over the years, one of the things that's happened is that my identity has become associated with being a pastor, not being a child. And so right when he said that to me, I knew what my, my decision was very quick and very simple because I knew in the heart, my heart of hearts that whenever he asked me to start asking that question, how do you want to leverage the last third of my life? I had a feeling of where he was leaving me, but I didn't hear for over a year and a half. But when I heard it, I knew it was his voice and we began to ask and talk to our friends to confirm it, talk to you guys to confirm it. And we began, and we continue to have these really powerful experiences confirming it. Um, and so that's why this is all happening. And this last message, you know, I just, I want to remind us that we, our super pillar is the Father's love. That's our super pillar. You know, a long time ago when we were created or whenever God planted us here, we said you know, one of the reasons was that we were going to be a church that was going to normalize the gifts of the Spirit. We are going to teach on the gifts of the Spirit. We had courses on gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and, we, and we said, we're going to normalize this. And we're going to be a healing church. And, and we were. And we, it was amazing what God has done and continues to do in that area. But what we learned very quickly to our surprise is that the primary wound that God was going to heal in our family was the father wound. Was this wound, this misunderstanding of how much the father loves us. That he's not mad, he's not sad, he's not disappointed. That he loves us. That he has affection for us. That he likes us. And that he is unable to not love us. Regardless of our behavior, regardless of what we do. God is love and God loves us. And that if we don't understand this, it jacks up the rest of your life. If you do not understand who God is and his love for you, then you will not be able to become who God's created you to be. I was going through my, my old blog, not Antley's Briefs, you know, those were, that was my video blog, and uh, I don't know where those are, they weren't good, but um, the other blogs weren't good either, but one of the papers, one of the talks I was going to blog on was on the Father's Love, it was done back in 2007, and I was flipping through it, and it said, and I, I came across a question that one of my friends asked in this talk, and the whole talk kind of led off this question, and this was, the, um, this was the question from my friend. I don't know who it is or who it was, and, and the question said this. So, what's the purpose of the emotional experience you're talking about? It can only be to equip us better by getting us all emotional, question mark, question mark, so we can more effectively magnify him, bring him more glory, right? Or is it some bonus? I guess my question is this. You spoke about the fatherly, this fatherly relationship as if it's a huge deal, something he really wants us to experience. But is it? What is its purpose? Just wondering. It's a great question, especially as we were this young church, because I think that's where all of us began. Like, 
I know I had never heard about intimacy with the Father. I'd counsel people. I'd do marriage counseling. And they'd be like, one of them was just all in uh, and needing their spouse to provide everything. And I'll say, bro, or yo, chickadee, you know what? What's the opposite of bro for a woman that's politically correct? I don't know. Chickadee. Chickadee's. Easter's coming up. I know. That's what you're going to miss right there. You, yeah. You're welcome. Okay? And I would say to them, I would say, don't you see that, that your spouse was not created to meet these needs, that only those needs can be met in Jesus Christ? Only those needs can be met in the intimacy and the love of the Father? That he's designed you that way? And they would look at me and they would say, I, what do you mean by intimacy with the Father? I'm just not understanding. And so we've all been on this journey together, learning that it's only out of this correct understanding that we can really become who God's created to be. That is the most important question. Who is God? Who is God? And who are we in relationship to him? He is God. He's a loving father. And we are his children is the answer to that. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the guy who I read his book and he convinced me that the gifts of the spirit were alive when I was on my way over to London for the first time. Like, is there more? Asking the question, is there more? And he says this about the importance of pursuing God's love. The ultimate object of salvation is not merely to keep us from hell, not merely to deliver us from certain sins. It is that we enjoy adoption and that we may become the children of God and joint heirs with Christ. The highest good is to see God and while in this life to know God intimately as our Father and to cry, Abba, Father. Have you ever known it? This is what is offered to This is offered to us in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. God forbid that any of us should stop at any point short of it. This is central to the gospel. Did Jesus come to save us from our sins? Absolutely. Did Jesus come and do, you know, atone for our sins? Absolutely. Did he save us? Did he bring us in? Yes, all of that. But why? Because of his love to the Father and the Father's love for us. That's why, you know, Jesus, whenever um, he was baptized, whenever he was baptized, the father said to him, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. That was before he started his ministry. That was before he did anything at all. And God is showing us, Jesus, look at my son. I'm well pleased with him. He's my beloved. I'm well pleased with him. So that Jesus would be grounded in that reality and his identity so that he could say the things he needed to say. That he could do the things he needed to do. Fully trusting the Father. Not allowing the religious leaders to shut him down and scare him. Not allowing his friends to alter his behavior. He did not need the approval of his friends. He did not need anyone's approval. He was only doing what he saw the Father doing. And he knew he could trust the Father because the Father said to him... You are my son, you are my beloved, and with you I am well pleased. You know, one of the things that I'm criticized for, I'm criticized for a lot of things. Saying inappropriate things is one of those things. I'm not going to do that today yet. And so, but they criticize me for this. 
And they criticize our church for this a little bit, too, because I'm the leader of the church. I was. I am for a week. Okay, so they say, Antley, he, he, he speaks too much on the Father's love. Antley doesn't speak enough about judgment. Antley doesn't speak enough about lifestyle issues. Antley doesn't speak enough about pursuing righteousness, dealing with our sin. Okay? He just likes to speak on the Father's love. And I do. I do. Because I believe that's the most important message. I believe that when we experience the Father's love, that our desires of our heart change. And when the desires of our heart change and we taste the goodness, we taste the beauty, we taste the glory of God, then there's no desire in the world. There's no desire in the world that can capture our hearts and change our behavior like the Father's love. Now, that being true, it's important that we do teach on those things. But if we teach on those things too much, like the churches we came from did, and they do, we will fall back into religion. We will fall back into behavior that, is for, that people strive. And so what happens then? Half of us, the type A's, are like, victory, look at me, I'm a Christian, go on a mission, you better watch out because I'm coming at you and doing lots of things that God likes me to do, right? That's... that's that's what the type A's are saying. That's, that's what they're feeling. Now, the rest of us, I'm a, a type jacked up, okay? That's my type. I'm type, type Antley, type jacked up. And I, I've told you that we're all like that. We're all like that in our own and different ways. And I need a Jesus. I need a Savior that is greater than what I can do. I need a Savior that not only rescues me, from my sin and my brokenness and the darkness and the idols and all the things in my life. I need a Savior that will carry me for the rest of the journey. I need a Savior's love that says, I love you, Antley, regardless of what happens in your life. Again, are we called to be obedient when we don't feel like it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are natural consequences when we choose not to live in, you know, in God's love. And to live like we want to live. God allows that to happen so that we'll taste the world like the prodigal son. And we'll come to our senses and we'll go like, what in the world am I doing? What am I doing? And we come back to the Father and the Father runs to us. He comes after us because he loves us. Brennan Manning, uh, in this book, Furious. I'm not going to jump off this. Furious. My beautiful wife. Boom. She hates when I do that. She hates it. All right, I'm in trouble now. Okay. It's my, one of my favorite books. I've had all the staff read it. I've given it to all my kids. Brennan Manning, The Furious Longing of God. That's where a lot of this stuff comes from. And he says this in the book. He's, uh, he's been homeless for 18 months. He's like this priest. He's amazing. I've met him, and he talked to me about spending six months in a cave with God. Six months in a cave with God. And... Um, and it was like listening to, I didn't understand his language. It was so crazy, right? So powerful, so intimate. It was amazing. And he was this, he's written these books. And he's written th- these books to people who are broken. They know that they need Jesus. You know, someone said of Brennan Manning that he burns through grace like a 727, 747 burns, no, yeah, burns through rocket fuel, runs through plane fuel or whatever kind of fuel a plane uses. He, he burns through grace 
He burns through grace as fast as a 747 burns through fuel. And so Brennan Manning was, he's an alcoholic, and uh, he missed his mom's funeral. He flew into town and went on a two-day bender, missed his mom's funeral. And in this book, he talks about, for 18 months, him being on the street, okay? And uh, when he was on the street, he uh, just had, just did everything. He said, I broke the Ten Commandments six times over, every one of them. He was drunk every day. He would, um, you know, he would lie to people. He'd steal from people to get money so that he could pay for his alcohol. He said that I I committed adultery. I was all in, you know, every sexual sin you can imagine. I did all of these things. And uh, one day he was lying in the doorway, you know, having been drunk. And he looked up and he saw this woman and her child walking down the street at him. And the boy broke away and ran over to him and looked down at him because he's laying in the street, right? And the mother runs up, covers his eyes, and says, don't look at this filth. This is pure filth. And then she kicked him and broke two of his ribs. He follows that story with this quote. The God I have come to know by sheer grace, the Jesus I met in the grounds of my own self has furiously loved me regardless of my state, grace, or disgrace. And why? For his love is never, never, never based on our performance, never conditioned by our moods of elation or depression. The furious love of God knows nothing or ever changes towards us. It is reliable and it is always tender. Right? So that's, that's the God I need. That's the love I need. Because all of us are no different than Brendan Manning. None of us are any better than Brendan Manning, except for the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ. You know, if Jesus needed to be told that he was the son, that he was the child of God, that he was the beloved, and that the Father was well pleased with him, certainly we need to hear those same words. Certainly that needs to be the foundation of our life and the foundation of our ministry. Because if we don't allow it to be, we will begin to perform. We will be down on ourselves when we fail and we're broken. When you learn to live like this, out of this love, The opinions of other people. This is how you can know that you need to grow in this area. And all of us do. And it will be a journey. Growing in God's love and the understanding of God's love is not a journey that we'll just experience on earth. We will be experiencing that for eternity. Forever, we will be experiencing more and more measures of the Father's love. That's crazy to think about. That's how much love there is. There is always more. But when you're living out of this, opinions of others... To change how you live will not affect you. They will not affect you because you're grounded in the Father's love. You will not need your friends or your spouses to carry you and define you and meet all your needs. Like I was talking about earlier. Rejection will be difficult, but it will not crush you. You will stop comparing yourself to others. This is, this is a hard one for me. You will stop comparing yourself to others and not feel the need to boast about your accomplishments. 
You'll change from being a Debbie Downer to a Debbie Delight. <laughs> You're welcome. In Zephaniah 3.17, you will read this, and it says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. You'll read that, and you'll believe that the creator of the universe is dancing for joy over you. He's dancing for joy. He's got your picture on his wall, and he's showing people, and he's saying, look at my favorite. And I'm the first one in the pictures, but then yours. <laughs> all of us are listed. All of us are in his wallet. He's proud of all of us. He's excited about all of us. He loves all of us. He has great affection for all of us. He is dancing and singing for joy over every single one of us. Because you have Jesus in you and you're experiencing the Father's love through the power of the Spirit, you won't need other people. You just won't need them. They'll be a bonus. They'll be a bonus. And you'll love them and move towards them because of the love of God in you. But you won't need them because you will know Jesus and his love. And lastly, throughout the day, you will know in your heart that the Father is watching you, is proud of you, and looking at you with a gaze of infinite tenderness. Brennan Manning said that. You'll know in your heart that the Father is watching you. He is proud of you and looking at you with a gaze of infinite tenderness. The first service we had at the City Rescue Mission, um, I remember saying at the end of the service, if nobody comes back again, I will be here because River City Church is going to be the place that I become who God has created. Here we go. Has created me to be. Now, thankfully, people came back the next week. And, and it has been. River City Church has changed my life. You've changed my life. And the lie... That these 14 years that I've always struggled with are these three. I'm a bad dad, I'm a bad husband, and I'm a bad church leader. Anyone who knows me has heard me say that. You've heard me say that here. When I go to my spiritual director, that's what we work on every single week. And a lot of that, all of that comes from a father wound, a wound that I have that God keeps bringing me back to him, keeps healing me, and that lie becomes less and less a reality in my life. Do I still struggle with it? Absolutely. But River City Church has been a place where I have experienced the Father's love in you. And when I preach, I experience the Father's love. When I worship and prayer ministry and pray for people and when I counsel all of you different ways and different times, I see the Father's love. And you share the Father's love with me. And this journey over the last 14 years for me has been a journey of pure healing. That is why, that is why I needed River City Church. That is, that is the only thing that, that, that I was, no, that's not true. That's not, I was exaggerating as a leader. You do that all the time to make a point. But, but that was why God called me here. That is why God created us. Was the power of the Holy Spirit important? Did I understand that? Did I grow in that? Absolutely 
But the moving in the power of the Spirit is a means to an end. The end is us experiencing greater and greater measures of the Father's love through healing, relationship, teaching, all, all of these things that we've been doing. You know, I've said this. This is another thing I've said many times, especially to talk like this. You need to do whatever is necessary to experience his love for you. Whatever it is, you need to do whatever is necessary if you're not experiencing his love for you. Little did I know, it would mean me leaving RCC. You know, you just, you don't know what you don't know. But if that's true for what I'm asking of you, certainly that's true of what God is asking for me. And you'd never think that it was better for Jesus to go away. And I could not imagine that leaving this church family would help me continue to grow in my NFC with the Father and my understanding of his love. So, River City Church, thank you for helping me believe this truth. I am a great dad. Uh, no, I'm an amazing husband. And I was a good church leader. Yeah. Oh, no, don't do that. Band. Thank you. Thank you. I've thought about this talk flipping a million times. We're going to end it with, uh, we're going to sing one of my favorite songs, the Father, uh, How He Loves Us, uh, together. Um, as a family, and um, I'm going to put up on the screen, the, this book is, is written based on the scripture, Song of Solomon 710, I am my beloved's, and his desire is for me. You are God's beloved, and his desire is for you. This worship. Then we'll have prayer ministry. Hurricane, I am a tree bending beneath.